Welcome to Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori, and today wanted to discuss some of the things that are going on um, all around us. Uh, sometimes it, it, it sort of feels like you're alone, but I promise you, you are not alone. There are others out there that are wondering. Some know more than others uh, because some know prophecy, and that's not because uh, some people are more intelligent than other people. It's just because some have been able to study prophecy and devote that part of their lives to understand the things that are going on and where they're leading. Because if we don't understand that, then there's there's a good chance that we could be caught up in some of the deception, at least to, to some degree. Though, if you remember in the Bible where it says that if it were possible, it shall deceive even the very elect. We have to remember that it's it's actually not possible. It, the, the deception in the last days is going to be so good. It's going to be so hard to determine whether this is, this is a, really a good thing that's going on or whether this is... A deception, a trickery from the devil himself. Because if you remember the image of the beast in Revelation, it talks about uh, the image of the beast or the second beast, the one from the land. He causeth uh, miracles that he has power to do to come down before the people. So miracles in the last days will not be a test of whether something's authentic, but it will actually be an indicator that something needs to be looked into a little bit more. But I digress. To go back to the point that I was trying to make, and that is it's not possible to deceive the elect, and that's because God is involved. God knows who are his sheep. He knows who are struggling with sin, and he also knows the people that are indifferent and careless. And he knows the people that want nothing to do with him. He knows all those groups. And in the end, there's only two. But he knows his. He knows those who love truth. He knows those who are striving with every ounce of their being to keep his law, to be obedient to his will, to love him. And have a relationship with him because those are the people that are going to be in heaven folks people that love God will be in heaven not people that wanted to be saved but people that love God because that's the key to everything you have a relationship with the Lord and as the prophet says faith works by love and purifies the soul in other words your soul will not be purified unless you have a faith which is operating through the medium of love. And I want you to know that as we see the, the, the world slowly closing the final curtain, and we are living in these very interesting times, we don't know how much longer we have left, as I've said many times, but we're going to continue to preach this message over this this podcast uh, as long as we possibly can 
But it's also good for us to keep in mind that the books themselves, the books on the spirit of prophecy, the Bible, of course, and other works that like the National Sunday Law, The Secret Terrorist by Bill Hughes and things like that. And that's not a book plug. I'm just saying books like that, that talk about the things that are going on in the last days, those are, those are going to be very important because as Mrs. White said, the work is going to be finished by literature evangelism. That's my understanding. So literature evangelism is not movies and it's not, it's not radio programs. That doesn't mean we don't do those things and operate through uh, every avenue that we have. But as the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. So it, there's, when God says something's going to happen, that's how it's going to happen. So it's very important to make sure that we are passing out these books and information to people so that they can know. And it's scary and strange and frightening, but also exciting uh, in a weird sort of way of times that we're living in. I mean, did you ever did you ever think that you would live in the time frame where you saw chain link fences and 10 to 12 foot tall walls surrounding surrounding the capital of the United States of America. That's what we have going on right now. There's still troops over there. There's troops supposed to be there until March, I believe. Censorship in the media on social media platforms is increasing, not decreasing. Of course, here in Florida, Ron DeSantis um, has clinched down on them a little bit with some of his policies as far as if if social media platforms are censoring people he looks at it as a violation of freedom of speech and they will be fined a hundred thousand dollars a day until they put whatever it is they took down back up because they're they're controlling what people are they're, they're controlling people's choices people have a choice to consume what information they want just like you have a choice to either listen to me and to listen to the things that we speak about here on, on this show, or, or you can simply not listen to them. That's your choice. But when somebody else comes in and tells you what you can and can't listen to, that's a violation of everything that the Founding Fathers ever wanted. And there would be another revolution right now if they were alive, I believe. But we had one of our videos taken down, well, one of the radio programs taken down off of YouTube. I don't know if it's still, I don't think Spotify or, or um, Apple or Google has, any, has had issues with taking anything down. At least they haven't notified me. Perhaps you can let me know. But the podcast that we did on recapping 2020 we talked about some of the things about coronavirus and uh the lockstep scenario and and the election and just all the all the totalitarian movements that we saw and the lies and deceptions that we saw that happened throughout 2020 and obviously coming now into 2021 and that video or 
not video. It's it was a podcast, but that podcast, that radio program was taken down, and they said I violated misinformation policies. Now, am I going to go to DeSantis with it? I'm not. Uh, personally, I'm not. If you want that specific radio program, I will send it to you uh, in an email somehow. It, so just ask me if you want it, and I and I'll send it to you. But I'm not going to pursue anything on it because, for me, folks, for me, and and I and I hope a lot of you agree with me on this. That's not the cross that I'm called to die on. You know, it's my message is not talking about um, COVID nineteen and things like that. Though I do think those messages are extremely important. I I do, and and I'd rather have them up than down, but. I pick my battles and the 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 line in the sand for me is on the Sabbath issue and and on the first and the second and the third angels messages. Those things I will continue to preach no matter what, even if we continue to have videos and and radio shows taken down, we will continue to to talk about those things and and in a way as the psalmist says it is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. When people, basically, when people try to attack the message, it's always turned out to give it strength. Because then God gets involved. So, you know, pray that that they continue to, to push for this. Because the more they push for this, the more God is going to become involved. And this message will swell into a loud cry and there will be the outpouring of the latter rain and that's what we want and we need to be settled into the truths that we understand truly settled into them unshakable immovable where your understanding of the state of the dead would prevent you from even if you saw you know, your great-grandfather standing in the corner of the room telling you that the Bible was changed or whatever. That that wouldn't be able to shake you because you stand not, you don't, you don't have a faith that works by sight. You, but you have a faith. You have a faith that is true to the Hebrews definition of faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. People that have a faith that is built upon the sure word of prophecy. People that have a faith that is built upon the truths of God, the immovable pillars of Scripture. And those that, are, that have those as their final authority on things, those are going to be the people that are going to receive the seal of God. Those are going to be the people that are going to be unshakable, immovable. Those are going to be the people that stand for the right, though the heavens fall and that's what we need to be right now and we need to we can we need to continue to step forward with this message each time we see the devil take more ground we need to be taking that much more ground ourselves because the battle is getting harsher the battle is 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 waging before us and we have to decide whose side we on and not making a decision is making a decision that is a decision because there's only two parties there's not there's not three parties 
There's not people that are with God and people that are with the devil and then people that didn't want any part of it. There's not three groups. There's people that are with God and then there are people that are with the forces of darkness. And we have to decide. We have to decide what we are willing to lose for Christ. Now, I don't know about you guys, but for me personally, I don't have a problem dying for what I believe in. I guess that's because I was in the military and I already thought I was going to do that. So I was sort of mentally prepared for that. My problem is living. <laughs> My problem is, is living for what I believe in. I still have work I need to do. I still have issues that the Lord has brought about and shown me in love and I know that if I don't take my time seriously and and working towards those things then I I won't be on the sea of glass folks so for me the 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 great challenge is to live for Christ and be prepared to die so some of us it's the it's the opposite way around I'm sure some of us uh, are fearful perhaps but remember that death is victory as the Apostle Paul said death is death is victory because if we die for Christ and we die in the love of Christ being overcomers we will be victorious and we will we will have a new life with him for all of eternity with a place where time doesn't matter so without further ado I want to talk about some of the things that, that they've been discussing of course we talked about the great reset and uh mr Schaub there and one one of the things we didn't get a chance to go over was the stake stakeholder capitalism and state what stakeholder capitalism from what what my understanding is there's shareholder capitalism where basically the company tries to do whatever they can to make the most money for the, those who own shares. Stakeholder capitalism will be basically a socialistic version of capitalism. And this is what is being offered as the, the replacement for the free market that we have, well, barely have here in the United States, used to have here in the United States. And what the Great Reset wants to do is they want to implement this stakeholder capitalism. What my understanding of it is, is that each stake, the stakeholders, which will be the government, will be the ones in which the owners, who are not really owners, but the business people, if they want to go into business, they will have to do what the stakeholders want, which will be the government. It would basically be government and economy together. So you can own a business, you can sell things, but you just have to sell what the government says, how much the government says, and basically fulfill all their regulations and all of their trainings, et cetera, et cetera. So in reality, it's not really freedom. It's not really a free market. What it will be is basically slavery to and answering to the government. And it, I mean, think about what made this country so great is people having ideas 
and putting them into practice things people didn't even know they wanted. You know, I mean, you look you look at individuals like Thomas Edison. I mean, we had kerosene lamps. It was something that didn't necessarily need to be replaced. But there it was. He came up with the light bulb. You know, and, and with stakeholder capitalism, you're not going to have that. You're, you're going to have, because the government's going to tell Thomas Edison, you know, what he can make. Of course, he was an inventor. What he can invent, you know. This is what you're going to do. This is how much you're going to make. There's no freedom to actually expand and use the talents that God has given to each and every one of us so that we can share it with the world. This is the brave new world that we're going to be entering into. Perhaps, unless there's some massive, you know, revival movement, which I know that there will be some type of um, counterfeit revival and a true revival simultaneously, but we just don't know exactly how all these things are going to unfold. But I wanted to talk about some of the things um, that they're planning on doing. And one of the one of the things I've been looking at is uh, Larry David Grothwall. He was an FBI agent. He was in the United he was United States Army veteran and FBI informant into the 1970s. Um, he infiltrated a group a radical left group called the Weather Underground. Eventually they got, they were branded as a domestic terrorist group and he documented all of this in his 1976 book called Bringing Down America. So, and, and he talked about what they were going to do and what they were planning on doing when once they took over America with this radical left agenda, which is what basically what we're seeing right before our very eyes right now. And for those of you who don't know, the Weather Underground Organization, and I looked this up on uh, Wikipedia, it's commonly known as the Weather Underground was a radical left militant organization active in the late 1960s and 1970s. Founded on the Ann Arbor campus of the University of Michigan, so th this domestic terrorist group was founded in a university, learned individuals. That, that should scare us because that's what's happened to the universities uh, since the 1960s and before that. How much worse today? But anyways, it goes on. It says, it was originally called the Weathermen. The WUO organized in 1969 as a faction of Students for a Democratic Society, SDS, largely composed of the national office leadership of SDS and their supporters. Beginning in 1974, the organization's express political goal was to create a revolutionary party to overthrow American imperialism. Sound familiar? They just changed the names, folks. These, these groups are still the same. Black Lives Matter. And I'm obviously talking about the organization. Black Lives Matter and Antifa, same thing. And they talk about American imperialism. Same concepts, same groups, just different names. It goes on, it says the FBI described the Weather Underground as a domestic terrorist group with revolutionary 
positions characterized by black power and opposition to the Vietnam War. See, so they used race again, the, the poor black people. And I mean, I mean, I've talked to some black people uh, about some of the stuff going on recently. And, and I just ask them, you know, what do you think about all these, um, you know, wealthy white professors that are telling you how to feel? How do you feel about that? And, and most of them can't stand it, you know. Um, so it's it's not quite as cut and dry as the media would like us to believe on the issue. And in fact, the media doesn't really deserve your or my time very much anymore. And of course, they opposed the wars, which Vietnam, I can totally understand why Vietnam would be opposed. But that's that's the Hegelian dialectic for you. They create the problem and then they're opposing the problem that they created. The Weather Underground, it continues, the Weather Underground took part in domestic attacks such as the jailbreak of Timothy Leary in 1970. Uh, how much worse today with attacking officers, blinding officers by pointing lasers into their eyes? It goes on, it says, the Days of Rage was... The Weather Underground's first riot in October 1969 in Chicago timed to coincide with the trial of, Chicago 7, of the Chicago 7. In 1970, the group issued a declaration of a state of war against the United States government under the name Weather Underground Organization. And again, that's Wikipedia on the Weather Underground, which discusses that issue in depth. Now, I want to play you a clip from Larry David Grothwall, where he talks about what the plans, because he infiltrated this group, what their plans were once they got into power. And this was an interview that was done with him, and you can find it on YouTube yourself. I suggest you look it up and perhaps download it before it's eventually taken down too, with the way that we've seen the censorship movements go on. But here he is. Listen. I brought up the subject of what's going to happen after we take over the government. Uh, you know, we, we become responsible then for administrating, you know, 250 million people. And there was no answers. No one had given any thought to economics. How are you going to clothe and feed these people? The only thing that I could get was that they expected that the Cubans and the North Vietnamese and the Chinese and the Russians would all want to occupy different portions of the United States. They also believed that their immediate responsibility would be to protect against what they called the counter-revolution. And uh, they felt that this counter-revolution could best be guarded against by creating and establishing re-education centers in the Southwest. Uh, where we would take all the people who needed to be re-educated into the new way of thinking and teach them how things were going to be. I ask, well, what is going to happen to those people that we can't re-educate, that are die-hard cap capitalists? And the reply was that they'd have to be eliminated. And when I pursued this further, they estimated that they would have to eliminate 25 million people in these re-education centers. And when I say eliminate, I mean kill 25 million people. I want you to imagine sitting in a room with 25 people, 
most of which have graduate degrees from Columbia and other well-known educational centers and hear them figuring out the logistics for the elimination of 25 million people and they were dead serious well there you have it folks as he said they their plans were to eliminate 25 million people and also with this radical left movement and, and, and you got to think about the King of the South and the King of the North scenarios going on here. Because we know what prophecy says. Prophecy says that the Sunday law will start here in America. There will be a counterfeit revival movement here. And perhaps some type of, who knows, civil war or counter-revolution, which they foresee coming the groups that are trying to take over and the radical left movement they foresee a counter-revolution perhaps what they don't realize is that the jesuits are playing both sides and they plan on that counter-revolution winning now the re-education camps there's individuals talking about that right now and they're not calling them that sometimes but they're talking about uh re-educating republicans and re-education camps there was a, a survey done where they asked they asked some college students if they thought it would be okay to send republicans to re-education camps and they thought it would be fine and that's that's kind of where we're at right now but you got to think about all of this stuff in and and look at it through the lens of christianity and through the lens of prophecy because what they're planning on doing, and I think that they're going to attempt to, to carry this out, and I do think there will be some type of counter-revolution, and I believe that that counter-revolution will, uh, will be wielded and controlled by the Jesuits, because they don't take any chances, folks. Their opposition is controlled every time. I wholeheartedly believe that. And... You think about you think about prophecy where it talks about the two-horned beast, you know, and when we understand that to be the United States of America. And it says that it had the horns of a lamb, but then it spake as a dragon. Now, when I've always understood that and had it explained to me by others was that it started off Christ-like and then became dragon-like. And I've even explained that on the show here. But one thing I hadn't thought about until last week was John is looking at the end of time and he's looking at this other power and he's seeing this other power in the last days. He's seeing this, this power in the last days and when he looks at it, it looks Christ-like. But then when it speaks, it reveals itself to be a dragon or of the devil. Now, think about that for a second, folks. The deception is going to be so... Uh, resemble the truth so much, Mrs. White says, that the only way to see the difference is going to be the Bible. Does this movement by the radical left... Is that fooling a lot of people? 
it's fooling some for sure but most people no it's not even a lot of people who are democratic and and liberal have problems with the radicalism that they're seeing nowadays so no that's not to me that's not a deception and I, as i've said before the deception the trap that satan's trying to set it's for christians we have to understand that the traps for christians they're the prize for him so i i don't know how all of this is going to unfold uh and we didn't get to everything i wanted to get to today so we're going to talk next week about yuri bezmanov and some of the things that he had to say about demoralization and normalization and what was going to happen there but we are just about out of time so thank you very much for tuning in, folks. I'm Cody Mori, and you've been listening to Truth Triumphant Radio. God bless.